Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you and happy solemnity. It is a great Faith and Family Friday, but it's also the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Carrie. Hey, dear. Hey, Tom. Carrie, the gift. It's all gift. Blessed Mother is a gift given from God the Father to God the Son, and it's gift given from the Son to us in the world. Today we're going to talk about gifts coming up, Christmas gifts, uh, but before we talk about like what's the best gift to give to your priest, uh, that's a cool one. We'll talk about that and much more on Sound Insight. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com. drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, we love you and thank you and praise you. Today, we thank you, Lord, for the gift of the Blessed Mother. We thank you for her immaculate conception. Thank you, Lord, that you do call us to be free from sin. And Lord, I ask that you would give us grace today to enter into this feast day in a beautiful way and in a way that would also uh, allow us to, to love and honor you and, uh, and to receive the gift of the Blessed Mother in our lives in a new way. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Carrie, gifts. Would you rather receive a gift or give a gift? Um, you know, it's better to give than to receive. I think I like giving gifts more. Do you really? Yes. Oh, you said that on the radio. I got you. I'll remind you of that, Lord, <laughs> after the program. This is so beautiful. I love what just happened. It's actually kind of uncomfortable to receive gifts because there's a way in which what happens if what they give me I don't love, but then I want to show the appropriate gratitude. And sometimes my gratitude then doesn't feel sincere. So then I feel like I'm not being true, which can leave you feeling vulnerable. I think it's a lot of work to receive a gift. I'd much rather just give a gift, even though, I mean, to receive a gift, you don't have to do anything except receive it. Whereas in giving, you have to actually go out and find it and think about it and make sure it's well lined up. I guess uh, here's, here's what I'd say. I love giving gifts. I don't, I don't mind not receiving gifts. Yes, I think that's true. You know, it's like at Christmas time, you know, we're going around, the kids are all opening their gifts and and I'm just, just watching and enjoying it. And I'm not thinking, I wonder what I got. I mean, obviously I was like that as a kid. Yes. I think, I don't know, I think it's kind of a default setting. There might be some kids who are not like that, but I think most kids are, are like that. You know, I think it's all the culture in which you give a gift. If it's a family where gifts are made, or they're very well thought through, and it's something from one's past trying to bring forward to get a conversation. I always go with that idea of the rich tradition. Yes. 
history. Everyone's and all just that. hugging and Everybody, warm. Don't you remember? And... It's experiences. People want to buy experiences. So they, these are the gifts they're looking for. Well, versus if you're just opening a bunch of gifts in front of you as a kid. Oh, I love that. It was like popcorn, man. Let's go. It's like, you know, you get ripping through one gift. You open up and go, yeah. And then go to the next one. Yeah. But that I don't know. I think it was my mom said, or maybe you said, maybe it was your mom who said <laughs> that the people in that generation, the generation that were impact that were impacted by the Great Depression and World War II and, and knew a lot about scarcity and poverty, they were quicker to lavish like an extraordinary amount of gifts. At least that's what my mom and dad did. My mom just gave us so many gifts at Christmas time. It was it was crazy. Piles. And they had nothing. My mom and dad had nothing growing up because of the war and, and all these other things. Well, some people lavish gifts on a birthday and then others lavish it on Christmas. So did you receive very many gifts for your birthday? No. So it was really Christmas. Yeah, that's funny. I, I That's funny. When you say lavish gifts on your birthday, I just realized, hey, wait a minute. We tend to give a lot of gifts on our birthday. I say we, I mean you. You you package up a lot of gifts on birthdays. But way more that Christmas. That was so foreign to me. Oh, really? Yeah, for me it was you might have gotten one gift. Was it? I, when I, no, one like one instead of two or three. Okay. You pretty much got a gift I for your know, birthday. Really? Yeah. How do I not know this about your family? No, that's crazy. Well, we definitely give way more gifts at Christmas. But we do give a fair amount of, on the birthday too. Keep saying we. We. You know it's you. Well, it's so. actually you. How do I actually go get the gift? You give me money. But I'm always surprised. Well, who does everybody thank at Christmas? It was they always we. say thank you, mom. <laughs> thank oh, mom, that is so good. Mom, you knew. Mom, you knew. And then you what you will say is don't forget. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, dad. So I get the leftovers. I get the leftover gratitude. That's it. I'm taking. Fine. I'm taking you shopping this I year. I got a wound. I got a wound there. You gotta I go with me. I feel okay. vulnerable. That was the word you used. I feel vulnerable. Anybody who wants to make Carrie and me feel vulnerable, you can just give us gifts. There we go. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, so today we've got several areas we want to cover. I think that uh, there, there's a principle in discernment that says pay attention to what's showing up because what's showing up most prominently is something that ought to be paid attention to. And so... When it comes to gifts, there's a way of saying, hey, let me pay attention to what's showing up most prominently right now. It's not that difficult. Just Google what were the most popular gifts bought on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Are you asking me? Is this a well, guess what? I did this. Oh, okay. So you don't know the answers. No, I do not. I think that it is very telling. Something about frugal. Saving money. No, no. You'll see. Uh, Hold on. Let me tell you. So I guess. <laughs> you want to try to guess the most popular gift? You'll never guess it. I think it's impossible. But then when I say- Oh, it, the shoes. Say, it's those shoes. Those Birkenstock shoes that are all out I mean, that my kids all want. I told you. You'll never guess it. Tickets. Taylor Swift. You just are you refusing to surrender here. Okay. Okay. I don't even know if I can pronounce this word correctly. So it's- Cos Rx, C O S R X, Cos Rx, Nail Mucin, M U C I A. Video game? 96% power repairing essence. It's a face cream used for hydrating and strengthening this, the appearance of skin. By Ulta Stock. By the stock. 
So, so are you saying women's products like beauty products? This beauty product was the most popular item. It must have been, you could probably trace it on a TikTok or on a, some kind of video influencer that stuck this out there. Because well, that's actually how they, they push all their products is through influencers on TikTok and that's Instagram. That's a great point. Well, but stop and ask, do you, what does that, what do we learn about that? Does this idea of fake cream used for hydrating and strengthening appearance of skin? It's beauty. And someone says, I use this and she's beautiful. And so the girls are like, I want to be beautiful when they want to go buy it. Or I, I would say something like. Global warming. It's too hot. My skin's trying no, out. No, no. I think it's, they're looking for, like, this isn't just generic face cream. It's RX snail mucin or mucin or whatever the, however you pronounce that word. Snail mucin is snail mucin 96%. Power repairing essence. How much does it cost? Uh, Fifteen bucks with free delivery. Okay, fifteen bucks, and for for face cream, fifteen bucks. Tom, for you're actually really right. Correct about something. What is that? I would never have guessed. You that. never would have guessed it. But I want to say this: it's it's this like dialed in sense of saying we have the secret formula to help you look younger, appear younger, stay younger. Uh, appear more beautiful, cover up blemishes. Well, the thing, I think that's very telling. No, the reason, okay, not that I've studied this at all, but the reason that these cosmetics sell is because so many people, especially girls, are on social media constantly looking at their photos of themselves with their friends, of their selfies, of their whatevers, and they want to look beautiful on their, when they FaceTime or Zoom. Well, I think you're right. So it's all about facial... Excellent. It's like yeah. looking amazing. Okay. So here's the number three is Mighty Patch Original from Hero Cosmetics. This patch helps improve the look of pimples. Oh, I got to get that. Can you without just. Without popping them. Take, take you can me. stick on a patch and wake up with clear looking skin. I got those for some of our girls. So is this. Do you actually know what that is? Yeah. Well, because one of our daughters definitely want them. What does this have to do with Advent? It, well, this it's is just it's gift giving. Okay. But we're talking about gift giving as we're approaching Christmas. I'm saying that today is uh, it's a it's a feast where we're remembering this great gift given to the Blessed Mother, which was the preservation from original sin, and she was given to us as the gift to be our spiritual mother, the mother of the church. And so I I was thinking, hey, this is a great theme for us to stop and pay attention to, and say, well, what does the world? Focus on. Yes. What does the world say is the gift that you should be gravitating towards? And if you think about it, both of those products yes. are all about appearing. Get ready. Immaculate. See, see what I just did? I, I, that was amazing. Did, did you see how I just did that? That was amazing. Get the bow and put it on top. The number one and the number three gift is all about women. Uh, uh, moving towards and somehow appearing at an external visible way without any stain or blemish. And it is, you, it's see, you can see that it's inside the human heart. So I want to appear without blemish, without a stain, without a mark. And the world is just selling that. I'm going to help you get there. But you're not going to get there in the way that matters the most. How many, how many women? How many rosaries were sold? 
How popular Rosie was the rosary? was not in the top 15. Mary Grace. They only went to the top 15. She bought us rosaries with our money for the kids. She did some of my shopping. Oh, nice. Those really nice yeah, West, West Coast, Coast rosary. West Coast Catholic? Yes. Yeah, well, I just gave it away, folks. You want to get some really heavy duty, like beautiful rosaries, West Coast Catholic. So, uh, anyways, so that's that's two of them. I, a couple of other ones. Um, interesting. One is the Ring Video Doorbell. Wow. I think that's so interesting too. As everyone's getting their packages stole off their front porches, they're thinking, maybe we should get the Ring camera. Huh. I because I, I was it's been around for a long time. I'm wondering why it was the fourth most popular. You know what? Uh, I have never right now. I've never shopped so much online as I did this year. Yeah, and I think with COVID, everyone did a lot of shopping online. But it just feels like now it's really in me to go look up things immediately online and price check. And I was not like I I consider myself average. Like I really like to go to stores and see things in person for the most part, but it's getting less and less enjoyable. Yeah. So uh, what am I going to say about the Ring Video Doorbell? Uh, this is so this obvious. It's like a soft. Wait, is this like a I'm Mary? Like, I'm setting you up here. I'm so a sure. spike it. I don't know. Ring Video Doorbell. Oh, stop and think about it, right? Why do people want a Ring Video Doorbell? They don't feel safe. They want to be able to see who's on the outside trying to get in before they make the act of opening the door. They want to be able to interact from the safety of a locked, closed door. You know, I don't feel any ounce of uh, danger where we live. So maybe if we live in a different neighborhood, but I would never think to go get a ring doorbell yeah but it's like way 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 down on my list so i'm trying to imagine what it is that makes people think i need to go get this is it are you in a bad neighborhood or in an area where packages get stolen and well yeah and and so you can think about it it really only works in 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 a world in a neighborhood in a life where you want to be able to have a safe level of interaction and knowledge before you open up. And think about our life of faith, Carrie. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I mean, Jesus comes and knocks on the door of our hearts. He wants us to trust him. The act of faith is an act of trusting, right? It, Advent is all about clearing away the blockages someone's coming and we want to let them in. We don't want to crowd them out. And I think that there are so many people who hold back from trusting God with their lives or with a part of their lives because they don't feel that sense of control. I, I, okay, I know who you are, God, and I know what you're going to do, and I've got you managed, and, and I'm feeling safe. Now I can open the door and I can let you in. Versus that, so let's call it blind trust. Total, I'm going to follow you, Lord, even though I can't see where you're leading me. It's enough to know that you're the one in charge. Well, guess who did that perfectly? 
Mary. Oh, that was a let Did it you be see done. how easy that was? That honey? was great. Immaculate conception. Like, I don't know go. how you can't see this. This is just so obvious. Oh, this is so obvious. So <laughs> are you serious? You do know who you're talking to. <laughs> I'm telling you that these gifts, these are just that's three of the top four gifts are are so powerfully indicative of the human heart, the human condition, and our desire to get clean spiritually. In our desire to, uh, our struggle to surrender control. And the Blessed Mother in today's feast and the call of Advent is all about learning. Trust, coming, we want to get ready, and He's the one who will cleanse us from the inside out and give us true peace. We're up against a break. Not in a minute with more sun insight. Welcome back to the program. So, Carrie, here we are on Faith and Family Friday. It's a beautiful feast of the Immaculate Conception and feast. It's the solemnity. Do you know when I say that word solemnity, I mean something liturgically and theologically distinct from calling it a feast? Oh. Did you know that? No. Yeah. So liturgically, there are different levels of celebration of the mass. So you have a memorial, which is a lower level. Then you have a feast, which is a higher level. Then you have a solemnity, which is often but not always, a holy day of obligation, right? So those are the different levels of feasts. And so we are on one of those rare solemnities that are that is on the church's calendar. So it's that's like a principal reason why we are calling this a holy day of obligation, right? A holy day. Go to Mass, folks. When are you going to Mass, right? Go to Mass today. Uh, it's a holy day of obligation because of the importance that the church is saying this feast has in the life of the church, in the life of the salvation that God has brought to the world through Christ. That the Blessed Mother's role as being conceived without sin is a critical part of that, and we have to reflect on that. So, um, but Carrie, we're all given different gifts, and one of the one of the gifts that shows up in married life is. Complementarity. Yeah. There are things that I like that somehow you're wrong about, and you, well, you like them less, and vice versa. It's personality, it's inclinations, and all of that. Well, I looked up the list of most popular gifts. You come up with a different. Oh, I heard this on a radio show. What's one thing most people seem to love, but you can't stand? What's one thing that most people are you asking me now, or are you saying you just no, that was the topic? Out there? That was a topic. Yeah, it made me stop and think. What do people love? I can't stand. Okay. Uh, well, what was what was one of the things and when you listen? Because you probably you probably heard a whole bunch of them. Were you surprised? <laughs> well, were you surprised at one like uh, one or two that showed up that you were like, oh my, I never would have thought of that. I guess I guess if you thought about it long enough. It's actually probably personality driven. One thing that my daughter and I can't stand that most people love is the beach. We just go on and on about why do people go to the beach? Because it is usually hot and windy and sandy and hot and sticky. And then you have to, do you remember we went to the beach in Boston? And we had to lug all that gear. Oh, yeah, through the hot sand. Through the hot long, sand. It was a and then, big distance from the parking lot. And then it's just crowded. And it's not, I mean, the ocean's pretty, but it's not beautiful. And it's not, 
where you're, it's cool and the wind is nice and it's, no, it was hot and sticky and humid. <laughs> Maybe the beach at Ho in Hawaii was nice when we were there. That was pleasant, but it really wasn't, you know, really, I wasn't at the beach. We were more like at the pools. Um, I just don't get how those, well, you, when you see the photos, there's thousands and thousands of people packed on a beach. Now I'm thinking, if I want to read a book, I want it nice and cool and comfortable. I don't want to be sticky, sandy, sweaty, <laughs> windy, food and sand in my food. I just don't get how people go to the beach. It is just so unpleasant. Um, but obviously most people love it. Now maybe they don't have another option. Like there's no lake or river or in air conditioning. I'm not sure. We'll go at night when it's cool. I think growing up in the Northwest, we didn't have humidity and Typically, you'd go do something fun like play tennis or go on a hike or go to the lake. So it just wasn't sticky and hot and sandy. It was, I think we always use this word cool and fresh. And, and that was kind of the language where when you go to the East Coast, it's just hot and miserable. It's like, why do you live there? No, I don't know. So that's one thing I do not like. Did, that felt kind of good, actually, just getting it all out. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you live in a Pacific. I have a lot of beaches. <laughs> We're gone to ocean shores. It is always windy there. Yeah. Like it, is, it would be a bad place to invest because- Here, You know, this cigarette radio windy. is now heard in ocean okay, shores. Well, so. I'm just telling They can all testify to this. It is always windy there. And like 90% of the time, you go out on the ocean, on the sand and it's just- so all you Ocean Shores folks listening to this program, direct all your commentary to tom at mycatholicfaith.org so you can give me reasons why you should love Ocean Shores. Uh, besides the beach, right? Windy, cloudy. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would say one of the things that I think most people don't enjoy, that I enjoy, is watching commentary about high-level chess games. <laughs> That's very, very specific. specific. <laughs> well, my kids are like, Dad, like my number one activity on YouTube, my little like secret uh, pleasure is watching um, a very good chess player give commentary about a recently played chess game between two very, very high, you know, two of the best chess players in the world. But I don't. I find that so enjoyable. I know how to play chess. I played with my brothers. I played with the kids, but I cannot follow that commentary as they quickly recount the different options uh, and moves and why is it brilliant. And, and they and give you the options. Yeah, where they are on the board. Like, yeah, the variations and all that. I just sit there and go, how do you understand what they're talking about? The guy is pretty entertaining that you watch, but it does not captivate me at all. Although you did just switch the question. I did. What was the okay? Oh, gosh. what do most people love that you can't stand? Oh, okay. What do most people love that I can't stand? Oh, let's see. I, I don't can... have an immediate answer. I bet if you gave me a couple, like, oh, I don't think you can stand this, and most people love this. I know. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, I know. I know you don't like Fourth of July. <laughs> I don't oh, like no, people. To people. I don't like people. <laughs> like party events. Oh, it's exhausting. I do not like going out to, uh, you know, like we'd go to the Puyallup Fair, right? Yes. I was ex completely exhausted going to the Puyallup Fair all those years. Now, you have to understand why. 
I didn't watch the kids and you watched the kids. You didn't watch the kids. You were having a blast looking at this flower <laughs> I and did that watch, pumpkin. And Tom, this I was always watching the did. kids. You know, you you were watching me Listen, watch the kids. This is the I thing. I had nine kids I was watching. Tom. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Tom. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Man, I'm still traumatized even now talking about it. Tom, I took 15 kids to Wild Waves. I would do it all the time without you. So I, I really, was still traumatized at home. I really did about you. Your help. Is she Listen. watching the kids? I'd call you. Are you watching the kids? Did you Where count the kids? Do you know that? Where are they? See, this is why I didn't have to watch the kids because why would we both be doing it? I was like, oh, he's way overly watching the kids. I absolutely can check out. But I, of course, would watch the kids. I just knew that you were doing it like double time. So why would I help you? <laughs> all right, breathe, Tom. Breathe. Okay. Okay. But so even, events. Just, well, even when before we had children or in those rare occasions when we'd get away by ourselves, you'd be like, let's go walking downtown and go shop, like store, I like, store to store no, no, in I, darling downtown areas. And I just like to be where the event was on a Friday night or a Saturday night. The event is inside the Summa Theologica. If you just open I the know, book you're and right. you ponder it, you're right. it is there. It, it, it's it is a fireworks display of insight just okay. waiting to come out. It's a little bit more work. I think I like the easy part. <laughs> okay, one thing I don't like that some people seem to like, a lot of people, is fake eyelashes or the teeth that are white, like bleach teeth. I don't like, even for myself, I just tried it and it just seems... Like I'm trying too hard. Now, maybe that's vain, like the vanity of, I don't want to show that I'm trying too hard. So then I don't want to have that. But there's something about when I see a lot of these gals that work at the doctor's offices or dental offices have the fake eyelashes. And I just find them to be these annoying plastic spiders <laughs> on their eyelashes. I don't get it. And they all seem to enjoy it, I guess, or think it looks better. I see that. There was, a, there was a girl on the basketball team that we played against in our first game, and she had on fake eyelashes. It seems so. I was like, how could you wear fake. those playing basketball? It looks fake. It does not attract me to your eyes. I don't get it. Or the white, white teeth. Again, it just. So I think, well, what does that point to? It points to some of that same, uh, that same theme, right? We We want to be attractive to others. And. I, I think there's a way in which holiness attracts, right? I was uh, just actually thinking about that today. Holiness radiates, holiness attracts. It's like all the effort and time I put in trying to, uh, um, we have a lot of presents to give out to teachers and those who've been generous to us. And I stop and think, why do I put so much effort and time into giving gifts to these people? Oh, I know why. And why do I want to show them gratitude? But am I also showing them or giving them stuff so I get... Like, oh, they'll like me or, oh, they'll affirm me. I never think that. I know, but at the deeper level, I'm trying to like go to the deeper psychological level. Why do I have this need to get gifts for people? I'll tell you what. Whereas Aristotle, Aristotle got it. Everyone wants to get gifts for people. I just feel like I go overboard. Like, why do I have this compulsion? It's it's Aristotle quoted by Aquinas in the first volume of the Summa. I told you the Summa is just waiting. (laughs) Here comes a firework. Boom. Get ready for the firework. It's that... A gift is, in a certain sense, the presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, the presence of the giver. So that when, I, you know, when you're giving that, like, when you attend to 
the actual presentation of the gift, how it is wrapped and how it is handed on and how it is presented, that's you in a certain sense. It's not just the thing in itself. It's associated with the one who gave it. So I I think that there's a way of uh, you're saying, look, I, I want you to know that I care about you and you can see it in the care and the attention that I gave in the in the gift that I gave, but in the manner with which I gave it. Yes. I think that's very beautiful, you know, versus the quick, get a bag out of the closet, throw it in the bag and hand it. Here you go. Right. And that it, it it's not that you don't care in that circumstance. It's just that it, it shows less attentiveness. Right. Yes. Yes. So, all right. I'm trying to think of another one. Let's see what people really enjoy. I, I don't you know what I don't really enjoy drinking. Oh, that's true. So, I mean, I'll drink now and then, but I really only drink in social settings. And I only drink in social settings when other people are drinking. Or when they offer you a drink. Yeah. Like if they're drinking and I'm the only one not drinking, I think I'll like, okay, I'll have a beer. Or like tonight when uh, we went out last night uh, with a couple and, oh, they both had a drink. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want them to feel awkward. And so I'll get a drink. So. Sushi. You don't really enjoy sushi. I know. I, I so, and this is the thing. I enjoy California rolls, but that's not really sushi. It's like, and that's kind of cheating. You can't really call that sushi. And you just started eating that recently. Yeah. Or enjoying that. Um, I, there are a lot of people that love shopping. And then there's very specific people that just do not like shopping. And I feel like I'm going more towards, I don't like shopping. It, it's starting to wear me out. Well, that's interesting because I, are you saying... You, are you talking about shopping for gifts or just shopping to get necessities for the family? Everything. Just, just shopping. Just the act of going <laughs> to a store. It just seems so, I don't know, maybe I'm not organized enough so I go grocery shopping every week or gift shopping. It just seems to weigh on me. Well, but you actually, do really a, enjoy it. This is a different thing. Okay, there you go. I'm going to switch the question. And this is this is changing. This is to about stages in life. What's something that your younger self enjoyed? that you no longer enjoy noise oh fun. like i used to loud enjoy music. a lot of noise well just noise and fun and kind of like let's just you don't enjoy fun that's true you don't yes i that's very true folks it's true i don't have the same tolerance for chaos oh, that is true yes i used to love chaos and crazy and just the tornado of energy and fun and now I'm like, wait, hold on. My brain's not. You're becoming the crotchety old wire. Old lady. Hey, ah. stop that noise, kids. Um, we just need more order because my brain is, um, the way I process information in, in the space, I need more calm. Anyhow. But I used to love just like, yeah, I didn't plan, just kind of very spontaneous. So la- uh, last night when we were out to dinner, uh, this fellow mentioned something that is, is kind of a phenomenon that that folks have, you know, you it's this isn't going to be like a shocking or surprising comment that the major sports leagues in the country, you know, the four major sports, hockey and football and baseball and, and basketball, they have all significantly dropped in popularity. Thank God, the Lord, in honesty. In the last like five, three years, yeah, three or four years, 
And in football, even a little bit longer because when they were doing that whole kneeling during the... Well, I heard football was coming back. Like they've had some of their... You know, actually, they had some of their highest ratings overall compared to news, but no one's watching the news anymore. So, But it's still all generally TV that is... Uh, I think that's a different question. Is that what you mean? But, but here, here's what I want to say. He said... You said to me when I was a young man that when I reached 60, that I would not be following any of the major sports leagues or team, my favorite teams, I would have said, you're crazy. And I, I completely followed, I said, absolutely. When I was younger, I knew all the starters for pretty much all the Boston teams on those four sports. Okay. And I knew statistics and and games and and how were they in first? What was you know where were they going and all that and studied them. Now, I can't name five Patriots, five Bruins. That's so true. I, I, I could I might be able to name five Celtics maybe. Uh, and I haven't watched one Celtics game. I haven't watched one Bruins game. I haven't watched one Patriots game. I Do you watched, think I didn't watch any Red Sox games this year? Do you think with our boys or with young? means that there's so much more information to consume on your phone or just in general that those stats and those names and all of that it's just lost its grab because there's it's that now is competing with a hundred other topics that are way more engaging like just looking at your phone and if you're on a social app you can socially see the photos of all your friends in your school and stock whomever and it's way more engaging than memorizing yeah uh, the uh, attention span and the desire for this the dopamine hit from you know the use of the smartphone has definitely impacted even sports you so, only have so much time and you're not going to sit there and memorize stats you're going to look at I'll, I'll give you a for instance this year the nba instituted an in-season tournament did you know that so right now, right now in the NBA, there's a tournament no. going on. To try to grab attention from people? Well, there's what they're doing is a tournament within the season. A tournament within the season. And if you win that tournament, you get some kind of advantage in the playoffs. And why are they doing this? And again, the insight from the fellow last night, he's like, no one's interested. Who cares about the season? They'll just start paying attention when the playoffs roll around, which is months from now. And the NBA doesn't want people disappearing during the course of the season, only to show up in May when the playoffs are here. We, we have to make something at stake. Yes. And so let's do this in-season tournament. So now you've got to tune into that game because something's at stake. So it's like, wow. I think that Sports is one of those rare things that still has a grab on people to be able to watch television because there's something at stake. There's going to be a winner and a loser. You don't know who it is, and you watch the game, and there might be a highlight, right? But now it's, why do I want to watch the whole game when I can watch nine minutes of highlights and literally watch every basket that means anything and do it in nine minutes? Why do I want to give two and a half hours to the to the game? Yes. So... It really, the internet has changed entirely how we are consuming content in our media content in our lives. Well, this is also about Advent. Uh, how is it about Advent? 
I have to wait till after the break because we're begins to break. There's something at stake. You don't want to miss out because you can find out all this is about Advent in just a minute on Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kernel with my wife, Carrie, and we're talking about uh, gift giving. We're talking about the Immaculate Conception of our Blessed Mother during the Advent season and the gift that she is. We are people of preferences, and you listen to that interesting program that was focused on things that people like that you don't like. And then, and so we've been talking a bit about that. I th- this is actually let's talk about this a little bit more and then I want to get to the advent um connection to this because oh. it really does it, there there's a really important aspect here of our life of faith and and this theme is actually telling yes so people things that people love mm-hmm. that you don't like like they really love it that's I mean that's sort of family members and I remember we got our first dog Four years ago? Yeah. yeah. It was almost four years ago. We went to the vet, and the first question was, what's your dog's name? And then it was, how is this dog connected to your life? And it was, the first box to check was family member. You remember this? I do. Okay. Because I was shocked. I had never seen anything like this. And then it was something like companion, and then it was pet, and then it was animal. Also, I remember is the Next Door Neighbor app, Normandy Park, and we were reading about these dogs that were barking and barking and barking hours in their backyard, and then people were giving solutions. And do you remember the response that shocked us? No. Is that everyone couldn't believe that the owners were so terrible to leave their dogs. Oh. <laughs> and we were like, because well, we, those poor animals, the poor dogs. And I was, I thought the she whole, the dog yeah, I thought the whole argument thought it was, was going to be everyone like so irritated at the neighbors because the dogs are irritating everyone all day right. long, barking at the dog. Yeah. But it was all about these poor dogs. And I thought, are you kidding me? Even though we have a dog and she loves me and greets me at the door every day and brings me a shoe or a sock. I still just don't love pets. It just does not affect. Now, I think that is a preference, and I could learn to love her more, and i am actually come a long way. And she is a sweet dog. I mean, there really isn't a lot of complaint, I should say. I'm thinking right now, how am I feeling about our dog? But I just don't get, I understand why people love the dog because of all the ways in which they just are always loyal, oh, faithful, yeah. happy. Affectionate and but, wagging the tail and <laughs> licking you and jumping on you. I just feel like I should be giving all of that awesome affection to a real person and to a real need, like someone who really needs my time and effort energy. Maybe a mom with a bunch of kids who needs someone to come over and love on her and clean her house. And I don't know, I just somehow feel it's a little bit of wasted 
emotion. Like, am I really going to give this to the dog? My husband. Wait a minute. How many people show more affection towards their animal than their spouse? See, that would bother me. If you got more affection from your an- from your animal, no. If you gave more affection to an animal than to your spouse or kids, yeah. But I'm not always wagging my tail at you, so oh, well. You there's just so much the- more meaning in our relationship than there is in a dumb dog. That how much of it's just behavior? And they know she knows I feed her. That's I empty all the containers onto the floor, so she loves me. When you look into her eyes, you don't see something more than just a dumb animal. No, because I just can't get most <laughs> an animal. Yeah. Okay, I don't get. I understand why people love their pets. I just, I'm not there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say this: that there are things. I think that there is a deeper opportunity here. Like the question's a good one, but it it opens up a deeper opportunity. This question: What do people love that you can't stand? Yeah. What about what are the things that you love that the Lord can't stand? Yikes. Yikes is right. What are the things that I prefer that I'm drawn to, that the the crowd is drawn to, and the Lord is saying, why would you waste your life? You know, my my siblings recommended a movie, and I was kind of excited on our family group chat. Yeah. And I thought, that is the dumbest. (laughs) I, I just thought, how did they, I don't know, because it had several immoral um, just the, the typical, kid. yeah, the transgender stuff, the homosexual stuff, the the sleeping. I don't know. It was just like, how did you guys like this movie? I just so I think there's a lot of ways in which we compromise what we watch, and we enjoy it. And I just think the Lord is like, why are you? Why well, do you waste? And or lower I, your I standards. Think one of the reasons I like the fact that we're talking about this is that there's something that nobody likes. That actually would be really good for us. A cold bath. Cold water plunge or uh, ice cold showers, right? Cold showers. would be good for cold us. Cold water plunges. We don't like them, but they could be really good for us. So now, you you switch, are you switching condition. the question? Should we switch the uh, question hey, to? Hey, listen. This is about Advent. Advent is about clearing away the blockages so that we can recognize and open the door when Christ comes to be present in our lives. I like that. That's the theme. So the things that we take on are things that we don't like. Fasting, self-denial, things that are hard so that life can become easier. And so people like easy. We don't like hard. We like easy. We don't like hard, but if we just settle for what is easy, life is going to get harder. But if we're willing to do the hard work of discipleship and dying to self and working on clearing away the blockages, the things that we'll start to prefer will be the things that the Lord prefers for us. Preach, Tom. I just think this is a, you know, it was a cute entry point to the topic. I know. I love how you uh, elevate stuff. Well, and just just to say... People can get, get 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 their minds around that. You can get your mind around, oh, yeah, there are things other people like that I don't. And then you just stop and say, well, wait a minute. What does the Lord, what do I love that the Lord doesn't like? That's right. That's the first question. Yeah. And what are the things that are just in the flow of our culture that we just flow along with that the Lord is offended by? Absolutely. I, so I was much. talking with a real estate agent and we were discussing, oh, 
we're going to be lifting this house. She's a woman of faith, really very committed, deep faith. And we were like, okay, we need to offer open houses this first weekend. And I said, we, you know, we'll lift it on next Thursday, next Friday. Uh, and then we'll have a open house on Saturday. And we should, if we really want to maximize exposure, have it one on Sunday. But I said, I don't work on the Lord's day unless I really have to. And she said, neither do I. And I'm like, that's really cool. She said, but there are agents at the office who would love to. They would love to hold an open house for people that are like after church or after lunch. They they want to go check out the house and maybe they're in town. And so I'm like, okay, well, I won't impose it on them if they're, you know, thrilled to have the opportunity to do that. But it was it was a matter of saying, and I teased, I said, you know, keep holy the Lord's Day and you know, unless it's a good opportunity to get something done, right? No, and and she just laughed, you know. So that she, is true, though. She said, "Well, if your ox fell in the pit, you should pull it out, right?" <laughs> that was Jesus in the same. No, but she actually quoted scripture. Don't you like that? <laughs> Having these, you know, conversations with an agent about scripture and how how does that apply to working on a Sunday to serve folks in real estate? It's a real thing. I want to take that question to prayer. Our two family sharing. Like to really stop and ponder, what do I love or am I caught up in that the Lord is really saddened by? So uh, our oldest daughter, Mary Grace, challenged us about that in the group text. I don't know if you remember that, but I'll bring it up. We're up against a break, Carrie, in a minute. When we come back, we'll come back with Mary Grace's challenge to her siblings and us about how to live this Christmas. All right, back in a minute with Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Carnum with my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, happy solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. So do you have that text? Mary Grace challenged us as a family about uh, living Christmas differently this year. I remember. remember what she said? No, I don't remember it. Really? Yeah, it was in the... I, I swore, you, I, I see that you had the group thing open. I thought oh. you, you had pulled the text up. It was basically her saying, hey, look, guys, can we just do Christmas differently this year? Can we have it not be about gifts and, just, you know, all this other stuff? But let's do something that's more about Jesus and, and the Lord and, and like, service. Let's, let's up our game, right? And I was super excited about that. Because that would be a lot less oh, yeah, work you, for did me. Oh, you say yes. yes. That means I have to buy less. <laughs> I have to buy presents yeah. and wrap a ton of gifts. Oh No, I was talking with a parishioner, a good friend of ours, and He's he visits the homebound. He said he brought communion to nine, was it nine different people? Yeah. One day. And he said some of the people they serve, they just can't get out of the house because they're disabled or elderly or don't have a car. And I thought, wouldn't it be great just to go and uh, sing a few songs and bring cookies and just spend time as a family with these people that are I don't like the word shut-ins. Doesn't sound like the right word, but that are just homebound. And kind of stuck and don't really see a lot of people. And what it would be more a gift to us, really, than it would be to them. And that it would help us to break us out of our own self-centeredness around holidays and our own, you know, what are we going to eat and drink and what gifts are we getting and giving and 
it just seems to get so self-focused and away from brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. So here's her text. She said, my dream for the family, and this is going to all her siblings and you and me and your mom. She said, and Christine, they're, they're in on it. Your sister. My dream for the family would be that on the night of Christmas and the day after Christmas, there wouldn't be that sense of overindulgence and dissatisfaction after it's so much buildup. Would there instead be generosity and gratitude? We think we want more gifts, but even if we got everything we wanted, we would still be unhappy. My challenge is not to buy a lot of gifts and to give us the chance to be satisfied by Christ instead. What beautiful. That is really a great challenge. I don't think I like it, but <laughs> I did okay. cut out the word mom, you know. That might so be a lot challenge of, to I mom. Think it would be harder for me to make Christ a sinner. It's easier just to go buy a bunch of gifts. Oh, is that terrible? Well, that's part of that. You love to give gifts. Yeah. And you're giving a sense of love and all of that, right? So there's a love language there. And I don't think that's Mary Grace's love language. I don't want to diminish what she just said. It's a powerful, I think it's a beautiful message, right? That here you have a 24-year-old young lady saying, hey, here's my vision for our Christmas. Let's let's embrace this. You know what I've not done well is buying gifts for priests. Here we have these priests, fathers on your show. Uh, Both fathers. They just, they serve and serve and serve. And I just don't know what to get them. I know father says they get a lot of food. Like a lot of people are making them food or giving them Christmas bringing cookies. them cookies yeah. <laughs> because you think, oh, father needs another, you know, fruit cake or something. And I think one of the priests said he got a lot of alcohol, like people gave oh, him wine. Right. And, father Nagel said that. Yeah. yeah. Whiskey and bourbon. And, and so I'm thinking, how do you help? Like, how do I know what to give him? Not just, you know, at Christmas, but on his birthday or a religious a medal. We should get a religious yeah. medal. Um, I love what they do at the kids' at school. They send out this questionnaire that they have the teachers all fill out at the beginning of the year. And I feel like I feel like we should all fill it out for each other as a, like family members or whatnot, because it it just gives things like what's your favorite dessert or treat or what are your favorite foods or meals or what is your favorite snack restaurant? What's your love language? Do you have a need or a want or favorite board games or hobbies or activity? Uh, your favorite rock reading genre, music artist. It just allows for someone who's trying to buy you the right gift to just try to get it focused in and not have it just be gift cards. I was going to say, that's food. kind of the default is you just get them one of those, here's candle. an Amazon gift card. Here's a candle. Here's some hand soap. Yeah. And it just it feels so uh, like impersonal. You know, it's like check the box. Um Right. Well, what about experiences? Like, hey, father, you know, go skiing or... Someone did say he's a great trumpet player and uh -huh. they, there was a great trumpet or someone coming to the symphony or the Spokane Symphony that played some, that instrument that he played. And I did look into it last year and I just kind of lost, it was like too many, too many steps. Huh. So, yeah, but something like that where I had to ask someone... But it is, a, I, I don't know, it's like, how do you honor your priest? Or how do you honor those those people? How about a spiritual bouquet? What would that look like? I'm going to pray, uh, you know, I'll pray 10 rosaries for you and your special intentions. I'll, I'll fast for you three times. Um, I'll, 
you know, I'll do some act of penance for your spiritual well-being or for your intention. I think I would, yeah, that's nice. I think I'd want to actually give a gift. I wonder if they smoke cigars. I don't know. Have them all for dinner. If you have more for dinner, could that be somewhat of a gift? A movie night? Take them out to a movie. Something you love that people don't like? Theaters. Don't you like to go to the theater? I love going to theaters, especially by myself when there's nobody there. (laughs) And what I get? I get that popcorn thing, right? Oh, yeah. You get that popcorn deal where you buy one big bucket and you get the, the refill. And what do I do? They give me like a drink carrier and I pour the first bucket into the carrier. Yes. And then I say, here, give me the refill right now so I don't have to leave the theater. Yes, I love that. That is so funny. Now, there is something nice about the theaters are not the theaters from 10 years ago. They've upped them all with seats and sound and and all that. There is a movie that was produced, I think it was produced by Angel Studios called The Shift. Have you heard this? No. It's like, I guess it's like a retelling of the uh, story of Job. And I watched the trailer, like, oh, is this going to be a B movie? But it's actually a really good trailer. It has some famous actors in it. You know, they're all Christian actors, but they're famous. Okay. And you didn't realize that maybe they were all Christian. And it looked really well done. Nice. And someone saw it. Someone actually on the staff of Sacred Heart Radio and said, oh, you got to see it. You got to see it. You got to see it. It's just so odd. I've not been to the theater except for once in the last... Two years or three years. Don't we have like a gift card? Yeah. See, someone gave me a gift card. I know. <laughs> that goes to, go to the. Uh, I'm going. Not not today. Not on the solemnity, but oh. to get some time. You should read a book. Just I love reading and then, books. I know, but like just a enjoyable book. Oh, like take some time to just read over the holiday. Yeah, that for me. I think um, I. I no longer can really read fiction because I know the good guy's not going to die. And so it's not fun. I know he's going to get through. No matter how dramatic it is, he's going to make it. So I like reading history. like Or, uh, yeah, I like reading hist- historical books that even if I know the outcome, just the journey along the way is so powerful. Interesting, yes. I like the, the Wright Brothers book. It was so David McCullough. Really well done. Yeah. So maybe I could find that. But I'm looking for my coin detector. Me, one. I got to relive my childhood. A coin I'm not getting a coin detector. Not doing a coin detector. We're talking about father, oh, fathers, the fathers. With two like gift baskets for them. I was thinking, put together. I don't know, like popcorn and a movie. You know what? We're going to come back to this next week. Ask we'll father. Come back. I'm going to ask father. I'm going to ask a few not priests. to get what not, not to get to and what to get priests. That is a big deal. I don't think. The, we did not do a very good job on this. I, I don't know. think we have good answers. No, I, I like don't. the spiritual bouquet thing. Uh, obviously, the gift card is a default one. Obviously, having them over and, for dinner is a good yeah, one. Yeah, but that's all the food stuff again, and, and the food and, and drinks and, and movie. I, I don't know. Uh, experiences are good, like taking them to a, a music, like, oh, he, giving he, them tickets. Escape room. I think Father really likes those escape rooms. It'd be fun to do it as a family with him. That would be yeah, just that, That's an experience. Yes. I like that. Maybe that's what we'll do. Get five priests, put them in an escape room. That would be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, Carrie, believe it or not, we are up against the end of the program. Well, I thank you so much for walking with me, dear. And thank you all for listening, folks. Uh, God bless you all. And join me on Monday for more Sound Insight.